What's up, everybody? Uh, how's everybody this morning? Woo! How many Gamecock fans? Just be honest. How many Gamecock fans we got? That's all. That's good. That's good. Uh, I was going to wear Johnny Cash outfit this morning, just all black, because just rough, isn't it? Like anybody else, I mean, just I just want to cry and kind of throw up at the same time. So it's like, <laughs> like that, like because it's just bad. Uh, and then all the Clemson fans, I'm just going to go ahead and concede now. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, y'all don't, I'm not giving y'all time because I love y'all, but <sighs> it's bad right now. So I do have love for y'all, but it's like y'all's quarterback's too good. And I just saying, but anyway, hey, but for real, for real, all joking aside, it was really bad last night for uh, the chickens, my team. But uh, but let me tell y'all what happened this morning. I woke up. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not gone. The sun was out. It wasn't hot, which somebody needs to say amen to that, right? Because that hot, mm, it just don't work well. And, like, so I, it was good. And life is good. And a football game or whatever else. And listen to me real quick. I know some of y'all have stuff in your life right now that's not like the Gamecocks lost again with a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. I know that's not everybody's. Dilemma, right? I, seriously, I get that. I know other people have dilemmas that are legit, and they and they are real, and your life's hard, and your marriage is falling apart, and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, and you don't, and you want, and you wish, and we're confused. I get that. And so you're like, dude, how can, how can a series called Balance that's talking about money help me? Because I don't get that. Like, I'd love to have some money, but... I don't know how this helps. I'm telling you guys, seriously. I believe that today and this series will be more helpful for more people than any series we've ever done. I, I, I believe that today and this series will be more impactful and more helpful than any series we've ever done. And here's why. Here's why. Show of hands. I need audience participation. How many people honestly wish they had balance in their life when it comes to their money? Wait, let me finish the question because immediately I want to shoot my hand up. Like, how many people wish that they just knew what they were supposed to do? Like, I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to save, I'm supposed to give, I'm supposed to, like, when do I, like, I just wish I had more balance. And, and this could mean that you have money, or you don't have any, or you're in high school and you're like, dude, I don't even have money. How many people, just, like, you just wish that you knew what you, like, does, I don't even know if the Bible says anything about it. I wish I had balance and I had peace when it comes to money. Raise your hand, raise your hand. So like six of you lied and everybody else raised their hand. That's awesome. That's good. That's good, right? Like, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I talk to people about marriage issues, with almost no exception, I don't want to say no exception because I'm sure there's been one, maybe, it's always money. It doesn't always start with money, but it seems to always go back to he wants to do this, she wants to do this. And the reason for that is there's a lack of balance in our marriages when it comes to our money. And like almost all of us, if I just sat down with you and I interviewed you and we were having like the Oprah thing and I was walking around with a microphone like, tell us about your money. I'm going to give everyone something today. I'll just throw that in. But like, like the tell us about your money. What does it look like? And I, and I interviewed every single person. It would be amazing because if I said, what's the most important thing in here? Don't be spiritual. Well, you're supposed to save all you can save, right? Save every, every dollar that you can save. And so, so that I can afford to go to college someday. My kids can go to college someday. We're gonna, so we're going to save all we can save. And then other people would say, no, we're going to give all we can give. And, and so I want to be generous. I just want to be generous now. I, I, can't, I don't have any place to live. I'm homeless. That's awesome, right? But I've given everything away. It's awesome. And so that's balance, right? No, boop, boop, it's down to the bottom. 
boy, I'm just going to spend all I can spend. Because that seems like the right thing to do. It's awesome. I'm going to die one day anyway. Can't take anything with you. Praise God. So I'm just going to spend all I can spend. Credit cards are awesome. <laughs> no. Okay, so I'm just going to spend all I can spend. And, that, like, and it tends to be something. And very few people come in. Yeah, well, I have a balanced portfolio. <laughs> yes. And most of the time they got like the one glass thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And they come in like the Monopoly dude. And they have all, everything figured out. There's not many of those people. And like they got everything in line. And there's a few people like that. But even those people tend to lack balance, true balance, when it comes to their money. And the reason for that is we, we, we don't have a good starting point. We, we don't have a good starting point when it comes to our money. Like, like everybody wants to have money. I, I'm pretty sure no one in here would say, I just really wish I didn't have any because that is dumb. But, like, I, so I'm pretty sure everybody wants money. But, like, when it comes to the starting point, we're all kind of just like a spread gun and we just shoot and hope that, the, that it just hits something, right? We don't shoot it with a straight arrow and hope we can hit the center and have a good balance point so we have peace and balance in our life. And I think this is why. This, I think this is why there's five kind of ways that we all sort of do our money, with some exceptions. But I think this is kind of what it looks like a lot of times. And if y'all disagree with this, and some of y'all, I know we got some students in here, and so you don't have the same kind of bills that we do. But if you live on this planet and are in this country, you pay taxes. I don't care if you're an illegal citizen of the United States. You still go to the store and your bubble gum gets taxed. So everybody has to pay taxes at some point. So the first thing we do, like this is just when we get a paycheck, first thing we do is we start spending. Like maybe this isn't you, and if it's not, that is awesome. But this is me. <laughs> Typically when I, especially years ago, when I would get money, so I think I got $10 in my wallet when I, or in my pocket. When I would get $10, I'm already thinking, what can I buy with this $10, right? No one else thinks that way. What can I get? What's the next thing I can get? I'm going to earn $100 today. What can I go buy? I'm going to go spend it, right? Someone said, thank you for being honest, whoever that was over there. Hallelujah. So, right, so I'm going to spend it. I'm going to spend it. I'm going to buy something for this guy because he's pretty awesome to buy stuff for. So we're going to spend money. And even if you're buying for other people, first thing we think is I'm going to spend. And then we repay debt, right, because we have, a lot of us have this guy, which is, it's good. It's good to live in a place with a roof. But, like, uh, but most of us don't have roofs over our head that are paid for. That's better. That's awesome. So, we have to repay debt, cars, two cars, three cars, stop buying cars, right? So, like, we have all these things, and we got to repay debt. And then there's credit cards with a D on the end. And, like, we got all these things. we got to repay, repay, repay. And so by the time my $10, then I've bought stuff, and I pay stuff. I'm like, ooh, it's getting really thin. i got to keep enough to pay taxes. i got to pay my taxes. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't leave enough, so I'm going to rob Peter to pay Paul to pay some taxes back. And you've already borrowed to pay taxes, so you dang sure don't have enough to save, Right? We want to save. I, I have full intention to save. Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I don't make enough money to save. And then, just being real, average American, not Christian, just us, average American gives less than 1% of their money back. Less than 1% of their money. That's not a lot of money, right? So, so that's not much of this guy because 10% would be a dollar. And so we don't give 10 cents on $10 back to anybody. This is not just the church, right? This is being generous and giving back. There's like a movement started by the billionaires right now, by like Gates and some of those guys that are trying to start being generous. And this has nothing to do with Jesus. This has to do with balanced life. So if you're not a Christian in here and you're like, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing. I don't know if I want to go with this. This is helpful no matter if you're a Christian or not. Because here's what we tend to do. And maybe y'all aren't like this, but I feel like most of us are. 
This is pretty much it. And I know some of y'all would be like, no, I have balance in my life different. That's awesome. You are more mature when it comes to money than most of us. But this is what we tend to do. We spend, repay debt, pay taxes, save, and give if there's any left. And then we get into issues financially, right? Pastor Mark, dude, my, my this is, I got, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to, God help me, right? So, so, so I would define it like this. Me, me, we, Uncle Sam, me. And God. Me, me, we, me, God. But as soon as something goes bad, it's God, 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 God. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's me, me, we, me, God. God, you're at the bottom. When I, when I, like, sometime in this whole deal, I'm going to try to think of you and I'm going to try to give you some back, but it's pretty much going to be me, myself, and I that we're worried about with our money. This is my money. This is not your money. Leave me alone. God, you're not in this equation. But then as soon as something bad happens, God is first in our lives, isn't he? I mean, he's first. He's first. God, you're first. I lift my praise to you because I need some money back to pay for the first four that are my fault anyway. Most of them. We can't help Uncle Sam, can we? But most of them are our fault because I don't have to buy stuff. (laughs) And I have to have some debt some of the time. But week three, we're going to talk about getting out of debt. Y'all don't want to miss that one because it's going to be awesome. So, like, so most of the debt's my fault. Listen, credit card, there's some, there's some great people that work at credit card companies. We're not mad at you if you do. But it's dumb to have $25,000 credit card debt, and I was there. Leah and I had $11,000 credit card debt just a few years ago. And 27% on a credit card isn't good. I don't know if y'all know that, and that's, I, I, I know that seems like it's tough math, but 27% interest is bad. Well, that was my fault that I was paying debt back, and my fault that I got myself behind the eight ball. But I needed God's help. And I really think this has been an issue for a long time. I really think this has been an issue for a long time. I want to kind of show y'all a video. We've shown this before. Uh, so if you were here back at P10, I think it was the last time we showed it. But I just think it's perfect for this illustration. I just think it's perfect. It's called God Pie. Watch this. This is us. Oh, I couldn't. Well, maybe just a bite.
brought the pie. I love that. He says, dude, I brought, or he brought the pie. Like, hello, <laughs> it's God's pie to start with, and we've missed the whole point. And that's kind of what summarizes the American church, but really Americans in general. It, it is, it's, it's not like it's, it's the church and the church is terrible. It's kind of all of us. We're all kind of guilty of this because we have a kingdom. We want to build our own kingdom, and it's awesome. Like, we, we want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to have our stuff. We see other people's stuff. We're mad at stuff. Our stuff loses games. Like, we're, it just, like it's all part of this, this crazy reaction. And so we have flip-flopped the balance that should start our money. And we, and we spend, 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 save, live on the rest, or give on the rest, I mean, instead of give, save, live on the rest. And if you walk away with one thing today, that's what I hope you'll walk away with is give, save, live on the rest. Because that's the starting point to have balance. The next three Sundays that we go through, if you don't start with give, save, live on the rest, you, it doesn't matter what you do. You'll always be out of balance trying to figure out the proper reference point, the proper code, give, save, live on the rest. And like for centuries, listen, not, not 100 years, not 500 years, not even back to Jesus, but well before the time of Jesus, this has been an issue. Matter of fact, Malachi chapter 3 is, is one of the most common places to reference in the Bible when it comes to the tithe. Like, people bring your tithes to the storehouse to tithe, all this stuff, do this. But here's what's interesting about that, is they were even referencing back King David. And if you were here for the four-point stance, week seven, we did uh, the, our generosity message that's hanging on our wall back there. We talked about First Chronicles 29 and how David, listen, this is crazy, y'all need to get this. If you, David had given away most theologians believe around a trillion, that starts with a T, dollars of assets between gold, bronze, that says it was so much bronze it could not be weighed, silver, iron, wood, and all the other stuff that he had, he had gotten as the king, about a trillion dollars in his assets, some theologians guess. And then in front of the whole assembly, which was something like this except much, much, much bigger, he said, who am I and who are our people that we get to give you this? Because, because it's all yours anyway. He had the proper perspective. He had the proper starting point. And so when he gave a trillion dollars at the end of his life, by the way, for something that he would never use because he would die before getting to see the temple built, having done all the background work, his son would build it and his son would be on the seven man-made wonders of the world list, not King David. He said, because, dude, all this comes from you and by your hand all of this is dispensed and so I just get to give back to you what's already yours and that is how we start. And several hundred years later, Malachi was dealing with the same people, Israel, except they had different kings and they had been through turmoil. And here's the deal. The, the tithe means one-tenth, by the way, in Hebrew, one-tenth. And, and so we hear that and we think, if I just give God 10%, then it's all mine. I got mine. I can do what I want to do with it. And Malachi, writing what God was saying, said, no, nah, but you've missed the point altogether. These people were giving because they didn't have a choice, by the way. You had to give three different tithes. You had to give your tax tithe 10% back to the government. You, you had to give a tithe at the end of every year that, that was used for different things, different years. And you can look it up. It's pretty cool. Used for different things, different years. And every single week, first day of the week, that will be today, they gave, they gave their tithe. They gave their first portions of stuff. And it wasn't always 
It wasn't always Benjamin's. It was their stuff they gave and said, God, it's, it's yours anyway. We're giving you the first fruits. And they had gotten like hardened in their heart. This is, this is crazy because so many people use this as you got to give, you rob God, you got to give. No, you, that's not the issue. The issue is our hearts. The issue is not how much money you make or how much money you give or how much money you spend. It all comes back to the heart. And by the way, this is what I find so crazy. Jesus preached about money more than heaven, excuse me, taught, taught about money more than heaven and hell and prayer combined. More than all these things combined. And so when we come back and like we get the reference point, we get the starting point, this is what Malachi was saying. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this because it's easy to miss. Malachi chapter, chapter 3, starting in verse 6, says, For I, the Lord, do not change. I'm always the same. Therefore, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my laws, from my statutes, and I have not kept them. Excuse me, and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Listen, that is applicable for Israel and for us and for all time. Return to me, and I will return to you. Now, I think if I was someone in the crowd, or I was listening to this, or I was reading this for the first time, and I was Israel, and I had given some money because I had obeyed, I would say, God, I've done everything that you ask. What's the problem? Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Dude, I'm already here. What's the problem? What's the problem? I don't get it. Will man rob God? Like, seriously? Will you guys, Israel, not you, will you rob God? Will you? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? It says, in your tithes and offerings or contributions is what the English Standard Version says, you rob me. And you're cursed with a curse. For you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Like everybody is guilty of this. All of you. He says, bring your full tithe to the storehouse. Now I need you to get this. I need you to get this. They were giving. They were giving. I, I, I think almost, based on the studies, almost all of them were giving. And so we would celebrate that today. That's not the point. That wasn't the point in Malachi, and that's not the point today. The point is not, are you getting God off your back by taking this and saying, here, God, look, dude, get off my freaking back. I'm putting it in the offering box. I'm doing it on the thing. Get off my back. No, that's not the point. The point wasn't, were they giving some money out? The point was where their heart was, and it was so far from God. And he's like, bring your full tithe. What does that mean? The first fruit of every month, bring your full tithe into the storehouse. That was their, their temple, or today we would call that the church. That there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test. And I love this passage. I think people preach this passage really bad sometimes. Because they twist it for what they want it to mean. So let me tell you what it means. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Excuse me. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you a blessing until there is more. Say that word out loud. Say it loud. Need. See, see this is... Let's, let me rabbit trail for about 20 seconds. This does not say if you give me 10, I'm going to give you $1 million because you've given to me, so I'm going to make you rich. So anyone that you hear on TV, and I love them, I'm not talking about any one person. I give you my word because I can't stand that, but it's not saying you're going to be rich. It's saying that I will generously supply you so you can generously supply me. Or, excuse me, he doesn't need it. Us. God's people, 
This church, for example, if you call this your house of worship, you get to supply us because he generously supplies you. And this is the sower and the reaper. Not you will have more money to be rich and go buy your BMW and your Lexus. Not, not that. That's not what it's talking about, right? It's talking about you get because you give. And it's not a get so I can get. It's a get so I can get, right? I get to give back. And that's what it's saying is, let me, let me show it to you like this, right? So many of us say in conversations I've had with like some of you, and I've said this to you, I want to be blessed by God, right? I'm pretty sure no one in here will be like, I hope I'm cursed by God. That would be awesome. Sweet. All right. I really want God to take everything from me and for me to have the worst life in the world. That would be great. But then we go about trying to be blessed by God the wrong way. We like try to earn his love. And we try so hard. God, I'm so sorry. My life is so miserable. And I know you're standing up there and want to zap me down. And you hate my guts. No. No. He loves you. And he so desires to change the world through you and through me. But here's the deal. Can he trust us with more blessing? And that doesn't always mean money. We have to stop stop thinking if I give God 10, he gives me 100, and then I get to get rich. No. Like, if that's what you want, this message is going to really be bad for you. <laughs> if you think you give God, or you give to God so he gives you and you get to build a bigger house, that's not what it says at all. It says it's all mine, and you get to give back. So listen, here's, I show favor on you. That's called grace. That's really awesome, by the way. And the more that I can, I will show favor on you. So let me, if I desire for my kingdom to grow, and the way that I'm going to go about doing it is giving God my 10, it is not matter. That, that doesn't mean anything. You're like, you're, so I'm still robbing God? Yes, you got it. You're still robbing God and giving him money. What, what am I robbing God from? This, he wants you. He doesn't want your money. He wants to bless you. We've missed the whole point. So many people say, you robbed God because you didn't pay him $10. No, he wants your heart. And when he's got your heart, you give him your money. Because it's not yours anyway. The issue has never been money. Listen, I'm going to say it again. The issue has never been money. Your issue is money. God's issue with you has never been about your money. Matter of fact. I'm crazy, and I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher at all. Like, I'll tell the truth. But for some reason, I just believe the God of the universe wants to richly supply his people to richly supply their community so we can change the world with the gospel. I just believe that. I know that's crazy. Do you know why I believe so often I'm not richly supplied? And please hear this again. I'm not talking about a bigger house or a nicer car. I'm not trustworthy a lot of times. And do you know what my reference point back to God is? I gave you this. You're welcome. God, you can trust me because I already did it. And God already knows. And this is what's interesting. So many people have taken that and they've like beat people over the head. You don't tithe. You don't tithe. You don't tithe. I think that's the minimum. I think that's the benchmark. Listen to me carefully. I believe in tithing. 
excuse me, but I don't think that's the issue. I think that's the like foundational principle that we should build on. So I do believe that we should start first of the week by giving back to God. But I think the heart is the issue. And if we look at God and say, all right, dude, bless me, right? We just as well would not give and be the same. Like, honestly, it would be just the same if we didn't give a dollar. So I'm asking y'all before I say anything else to not give anything. Listen to me carefully. You're not supposed to say this as a pastor. Don't give anything if you do it reluctantly. Please don't give to God in this church one dollar if you do it like this. Please don't ever give us one dollar and be blessed, or excuse me, and and help us fund what we're going to change the world. Please, please, please don't do it. Please don't do it. And I know you're not supposed to say that, but I don't care. I don't want your money either. I want you to have the blessing that you can have by being generous and realizing that it all comes from God. And here's what's crazy is Jesus was pretty awesome, okay, pretty good dude. Like we like to learn from what he said. And he took that message and he turned it just a little bit. When Jesus came, he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law and he made it worse for us but absolutely amazing for us at the same time. And this is what he did. For everybody that was just like, I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry, and do what I want. And for everybody that was dumbing down the law, saying, I've given God a little bit, I'm cool. And that was these people. He said, no, I'm going to bring you all in a room, and I'm going to condemn you all to show you all that you need me. And at the point that you trust me and you give me everything, that's when you get everything. And that's what Jesus' message was, and it's awesome. It's crazy, but it's kind of frustrating at the same time because it's like I thought I could just give him 10% and I was cool. And he's like, nope, nope, that's not it. I've never, I, I, this is the verse that if I've written y'all a card, I write this on your verse. I write this on your card, Matthew six thirty three, And like I've never really referenced it back properly until the last couple months. But this is talking about money. Isn't that crazy? Matthew six thirty three is talking about money. Starting in verse 24, this is what it says. No one can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and Satan, right? Is that what it says? Is that what it says? Y'all can talk. This is good. What's it say? What's it say? You can't serve God in? Say it loud like like you're, woo. You can't serve God in? Money. Isn't that crazy? Like, I don't know. Y'all might not think like me, but I think it should say like God and Lucifer Right with, and it should have a picture because I like the picture Bible better because I can't read good. So I want to see like pictures in it with the the with the pitchfork because that makes more sense. You can't serve God and the opposite of God. And like some people twist this and say money's bad. No, money's awesome. It pays the bills. It gives us thrills. You know, da da da. I can't get another one, but I was gonna try to rhyme. Like it's good. All that's all good stuff. It's not bad. Money's not the issue. What's the issue? Heart. Heart's the issue. But it tends to be what robs us from serving God more than anything else, especially people that are rich. And I'm telling you all right now, you look at your house, you say, there's no way I'm rich, Pastor Mark. Every one of us, when you, when you compare us to the word of rich in this room, every single one of us. And it overwhelms us and it pushes us down. And not only do we not have balance, we have no peace and no hope and no joy because we love our money. And because we want me, mine, and ours until we need something and we ask God to have it first. And he's like, dude, that can't, it's not possible. It's either all of me or all of you. And you are, be- <laughs> we're robbing God and it's not because of money, it's because of our hearts. And then this is what he says, I love it. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. Like all of us are freaking out. I don't know how, but what am I going to do? 
Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. It's like, are, are you not more valuable than what you eat and what you wear? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Like they don't store up for 10 years at a time. They don't focus solely on save all we can save. This is what he's saying, by the way. They're not save all they can save. They're not give all they can give. They're not do all they can do. They start with the proper reference point, and they don't have a soul, and they don't have a a mind like ours. And yet, they don't gather, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You're like, I've known people that, that have missed meals. I'm not saying we won't go through hard times. I'm saying God knows you and loves you if you're a follower of his. And we can't worry about what we can't control. And yet that's what defines us. And we say these things like we put verses on Instagram and social media. And like, and like we call out to people and we text people. But when it comes to me, it's my kingdom. God, hang on a second. I'm going to give you part of me. That's awesome. Are you not more valuable than birds? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? How has it ever helped us when we freak out about our money? Can this help? And why are you anxious about clothing? Especially dudes. Like, can we be honest today, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it really that important that you didn't get that pair of boots that you wanted? Yes, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. Those boots were awesome. There's nothing wrong with those boots. And there's nothing wrong with buying those boots. There's something wrong if it freaks you out to the point that you can't live a happy life because of them boots. And boots was made for walking. All right. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. They don't have to do the work. It's not on them. And yet I tell you, even Solomon, who was richer than David, so it should blow your mind, he was a trillionaire, most people believe, in today's economy. With a T. Ten people together in today's coin may not match up to Solomon. So if anybody says Solomon wasn't the richest man in the world, you're, you're, you say you're right. He was the ten richest men in the world today. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory with all his stuff that he had was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon had all the stuff you can imagine. You cannot compare a man, ten men or ten women today to that man. And yet he didn't have glory like these because I made him and I clothed him. And it all comes from me, and it's all dispersed by me, because it's about me, because I'm God. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, it's gone, will he not much more clothe you, son and daughters of King Jesus, that love the Lord? And for those of you that don't stay with me, but for all of you that call yourself a follower of Jesus, will will he not take care of you more? Will he not much more clothe you, O little Oh, you of little faith, and this this talking to Mark, you're so worried about your money, you've missed the point. You robbed me of you. I want you. I want all of you. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all of them. I'm not surprised, bro, madam, that you need to eat. I made you, and I breathed and made 
all of this that you're in, he is so much bigger and so much more powerful than we can possibly describe. We put him in a human finite box. He is not that. He is amazing. He is big. Scripture says that he holds the entire universe, which, by the way, if you want to have your mind blown, go look that up and see what that means. In the palm of his hand, that's really going to start freaking you out. I want y'all to look it up because it'll really mess you up. And you're like, God can do that? Yes, and he's so big, but yet he loves you, and he's worried about you. And this is what he says. But seek first, this is the verse that I love, but in the proper reference, it's crazy. And it but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Stop worrying about these things and start worrying about me. It's not about your stuff. It's not about your money. It's not about you robbing God because you don't give money. It's about your heart. And listen, listen, this is tough. But I can never seek the kingdom until I stop with my kingdom. I've got to give my kingdom to seek his kingdom. And that's what most of us never do. Because this is it, right? This is it. Most of us say, God... I made $100, and I'll give you this much of my kingdom. Surrender is not giving God a part of your life. And so many times I have people say, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, my marriage, man, is bad. It's rough. Can you help me? Literally every single week that I can remember, for as long as I can remember it, we've had someone message, call, or sit down with me, marriage. Or something else in their life. I got my kids are nuts. Join the club. Like I like right. I, I have all these things in my life, and this is the whole deal. You don't have one problem. You have a heart problem. And until you give your heart, all of you to Jesus, you'll never seek His kingdom. Therefore, you'll never have peace. Therefore, you'll never have a starting the right starting reference point, which is give, save, live on the rest. We 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 are totally out of balance with our lives. And you're like, Pastor Mark, I don't make a dollar. That's okay. It's about your heart, not about your money. Call, I want you to come up here. Some of y'all don't know Call. He's my boy, Calcine Hurst. And I asked him to come up this morning. I asked him to come up this morning and give me a hand. So, this will be a little bit different, but I'm going get to his, get his help. He does not have a clue what I'm doing. I texted him this week and asked him, would he help me with my message? Now, Calcine, this is my 10, this is my 10 $100 bills. Y'all see that? It's not a magic show, by the way. So I'm not going to make them disappear, except sort of. But this is 10, $100, or 10, $10 bills. I wish it was 100 <laughs> And um, I just want to give them to you. Uh, no strings attached, except I want you to remember that this was mine. And it all is mine anyway. And I'm giving this to you. So first, will you take this $100 bill? Or $100 in 10 tens that I'm going to give you. Yes. All right. Now I want you to hold your hand out. Just hold your hand out flat. All right. This is mine, but I'm letting you hold this for me. And I don't, I'm not going to try to come back and get it from you. I'm not going to, like, try to get crazy. And I'm not mad at you. We're talking about this, not this, okay? Can I have 10 of this back? First day of every week, I just want you to give me 10 of this back take it to the storehouse which is this house and then I want you to take 10 of that if you will and put it in your pocket $10 right now is that good you do that $10 and we're going to save that all right and then with this money I trust you 
I believe that you know that this is all mine and I trust you with this. This was my money. I'm letting you keep hold of this money. You do with it what you see fit and honor me while you spend that money however you see fit. Is that cool? Now, just question answer. Does that seem like I'm asking a lot of you, yes or no? No. What do y'all think? Nope. Was that, was that nice of me to give you $100? Did you know that was coming, by the way? Nah, he didn't. He's like, please don't embarrass me. <laughs> so you're cool with this? This setup, it seems cool? And guess what? I don't. It wasn't about you giving me $10 back. I gave you all 100 I just want you to have the proper perspective to get started. Does that make sense? Is that cool? Does that make sense to y'all? Is that cool? It's your money for real. I'm going to keep the 10 though. I got 20 from the two services. So that's the deal. That's the deal. So many people miss the point. And they're like, why would God want $10 out of my hundred, $100 out of my thousand? That's the baseline for real. Listen, I'm just going to be honest, and this is from my heart uh, as your pastor. My goal someday with Leah, she's not in here. Uh, we read some books this summer on this subject that, I, that we're going to give you as a resource during this series. Some of you that sign up with what I'm about to ask you to do. Um, my goal is to give at least 50% of the money that we make back, not necessarily to this church. Like I might not give it all here because I've got ministries that I love that we support right now. But right now, Lee and I have prayed, and what we can do, what we can do is 15% today. And at the end of the year, we try to do a big gift and hope that we can get it to 20, but I'm not telling you that I'm going to because I don't know if that's where it'll be. 15%, honest to goodness, that's what we do right now. And I'm not even, like, I'm not telling you that because I'm proud of that. I, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed. And I don't want you to think, oh, he's being a jerk. He's not, no. This is, it's not that, and it's not to tell you that I give 15, so you walk home and say, Pastor Mark's awesome. It's because it's all God's, and I want to be blessed by God, and I want my heart to never be the issue, and I want my car or my house or my boat or my motorcycle or whatever we have, it doesn't matter, whatever our stuff is, whatever, wherever we go, whatever we buy for people, however much money we save for college, whatever debts we have, I want the starting reference point to be right, and it's this. My heart has to be in line with his heart. My kingdom can be no more, and it's all his kingdom. I cannot surrender one thing. I have to surrender everything. And when I have that proper perspective in my life, I have a good chance to get started to seek his kingdom. And listen, so often this is what we say as a church. I want to change the world, but I don't want to change the world as bad as the Lord wants to change the world through us and in us. Well, that will not happen until it's his kingdom and not my kingdom. I have no more kingdom. It's his kingdom and that's it. And that's not to say we can't have fun and that's not to say we can't have money and stuff. That's not the point. The point is all my heart. So here's the deal. Some of you have never given any money to our church and you call this your home. That's an issue. But I'm never going to write a card to you or meet with you and say you're a horrible person because that's not the issue the issue is your heart. What you believe in, you will give generously to. And if it is not this house, find the house, the, the church that you believe in strongly and you can give generously to. And that's okay. I'm not mad at you. I hope for your heart's sake and for the Lord's sake that your heart is fully alive. Pastor Mark, I can't afford it. You can't afford not to. It's about your heart. And so we, uh, we put cards in your worship guide. 
put cards, can you hand me yours, Kelly? We put cards in your worship guide. If you'll take them out, this is what I want you to do right now. Every person, I don't care if you're a Christ follower or not, I don't care if today's your first time or you've been literally every week we've had it. I want every person to fill this out right now. And it's our 90-day giving challenge. This will take us to about January 2nd because it was a little bit less than 90 days from today till the end of the year. And you have, you can put your name and email. We want to provide you resources. We're going to make a website called Balanced off of four points, fourpoints.org backslash balanced. And we're going to give you stuff. We're going to help you with stuff. We're going to offer coaching. And guys, this is what, this is what my pledge to you is straight up. Okay. Listen carefully. My pledge to you, and I mean this, and I didn't even clear this, so I hope they're not mad at me. We will give you every dollar back that you give us. I mean this, God is my witness. If you are generous to us, and it's not a get God off my back, but you're like, God, I'm giving you everything. I'm, I'm, and you believe that God hasn't blessed you, and I don't mean more money, but in your life you sense the presence of God. If you do this for the first time in your life, or you step up, you're giving 10 now and you do 20. And at the end of that, you say, my life has been nothing but terrible. Not saying hard times won't come, by the way, because they're going. But I have sensed God's favor on my life like I never have before. If you can honestly say that after 90 days of giving, God is my witness. We will give you a check with every single penny back because that is not possible. You want me to tell you why that's not possible? Because this is a promise of God. And the God we serve is much bigger than anything we can ask or imagine. It is so much higher. So I'm offering you that and telling you it is a money-back guarantee that is more solid than anyone on any infomercial. And I mean this in my heart, and it's not a selling point. It is honest to God, sure proof, impossible. God will bless your life if you, if you give him everything. And it sometimes starts with this. I believe more American people are never fully devoted meaning they never give their heart and life to Jesus Christ, thank you, because they don't ever surrender all of them. Guys, for every person in this room today, I want you to look this way right now. Stop writing just for a second and look this way right now. God doesn't want your money. He just doesn't want your money to take you. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. These are not preacher cliche words. These are what I believe. I'm smoking what I'm selling, and I wish I could smoke some more. I want to give literally over half of the money we make away. I hope at the end of our lives we can give away 90% because it's all God's and he doesn't want it for you. He wants to generously distribute it so you can generously distribute it. And once that's our lives, guys, I'm telling you, we will change this community. But until that it is, we will always hope that we can by our power and strength. So look at me. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Have you given him every single part of you because most of you is not enough. Surrender is all of this is now all of yours. And for the rest of my life, I serve you. And so guys, this is the invitation. Two things, two things, invitation. Pastor Mark, I'm not a Christian and today is my day for salvation. If that's you and you want to give everything to Jesus right now, wherever you sit, all over this room, you're like, this is a money message. No, it's a heart message. And this is the message for you. We want you to have freedom in Jesus Christ. And we believe this is an area, considering Jesus talked about this more than heaven, hell, and prayer combined, that he believed it would keep more people from his salvation, freedom, trusting him as Savior than anything else. And we just want to know who today will say for the first time, Pastor Mark, and this is what people are looking. But I don't care if you want freedom. I believe you want it. Pastor Mark, I want freedom in my life. I want to give him everything. I've never surrendered everything to Jesus, and I surrender all right here, 
right now, if that's you, if that's you all over the room, I just want you to slip your hand up. And I believe freedom's coming to this house today. I really do. And I want someone who is bold enough to say, Pastor Mark, that's me, to be the first one that will raise their hand and say, Pastor Mark, I know I need freedom in Jesus Christ today. I raise my hand and say, that is me. That is me. I want freedom in Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in this room today that would be bold enough in their heart to say, dude, I know for sure that if I'm being honest, that I've never given him everything. And I want to do that right now. If not, that's cool. Thank you, buddy. Raise, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Who else? Hey, let's celebrate what God's doing right now. That is so awesome, man. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. Who else? Who else? Who else? Let's say, dude, that's me. I, I know that I need salvation and freedom. Because you can't have all the other stuff or any of the stuff when it comes to peace and joy until he has it all. It's either your kingdom or his kingdom, and that's the bottom line. Which one are we building? Here's the other part. Guys, I'm just challenging you with love. And you're like, is this going to make y'all have more money? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If you're generous and everybody in here gives 10%, I don't know what that looks like, but that would be crazy. And that's the benchmark. Jesus came, didn't come to get rid of it. He said, let's do more. Give, save, live on the rest, guys. If we walk out here and we say, that's the benchmark when it comes to my money, that's how I'm going to live. And I'm going to try to honor God with every single dollar that I spend anywhere that I spend it. Yes, at Clemson Games next weekend, I can honor God. That's cool. It's not about not having fun or doing stuff. It's about giving God everything. So I want all of you. I want all of you. And I'm not even asking you to raise your hand. I'm asking you as your pastor. Commit to this, 90 days. If you're doing 10, do 20, or 15, or 12. But it's a heart issue. If you've never given anything, start with something, even if it's not 10. And I'd love for it to be 10 as the benchmark, but even if it's not, it's about your heart, not about your money. It's not about an amount. It's about your heart. Start somewhere. But I want you to commit to this. Listen, we are closing right now with one of my favorite songs that we sing. And you're like, dude, we just preached a message on money. Please don't walk away and tell anybody that that's the case. To have a balanced life, I have to seek his kingdom and not mine. And that's the only way that we can have a proper starting point or proper reference point is to begin with him. Two things, two things while you stay seated, two things. Number one, if you're a young adult, meaning early career, 30 and younger, or a college student, we have a small group that's meeting right here at 630. It is going to be outstanding. I'm telling you all right now, if you are not married, it doesn't matter if you're engaged, if you're not married, I encourage y'all to come here. Ben, will you raise your hand? April, April's right here. I want y'all to go see her if you are a student. If you are a student, I want you to go see her. They got an amazing, they got an amazing um, group that meets on Sunday night. I think she had like 16 last week, and we're going to blow it out. We're going to have to make her leave her house is our goal because there's going to be 30 tonight, and then even more, we should invite your friends. But see April. She's going to give you directions right now. She'll be at the back right after service. And y'all see her, for real, everybody come, everybody's welcome, and she has food, and, she's, and she can cook, so why would you not come, right? It's awesome. So anyway, hey, will y'all stand with us? I'm going to pray. And will y'all stand with us, and let's just worship Jesus. And here's the offering that we have today. We're giving God everything. We're giving God everything. God, it is not to put on a show. It is not to make a, it is not to make much of, of us, God, is to, is to honestly, because we believe in our hearts, that you want to change this community more than we ever will. And it's not about giving money. It's about giving our heart. And then the result is that we know everything comes from you. It's distributed by you. And we want to give you back everything that is yours. God, we are so honored. 
we don't understand why we get to do what we do, but we believe you're going to. Not you might, but you're going to change this community. And we believe you're going to use our church, and we're going to change the world together. God, we love you. We're so excited about the future of this house. And we believe this is your place, not our place. And we get to worship here and serve you. We love you, Jesus. And we lift our hands up and worship you now because you're worthy. Amen.